Thank you for tuning in to the Voice of the Victim podcast. We discuss a lot of sad and potentially triggering things on this show. We try to be as sensitive and cautious as possible, but if you are sensitive to things involving abuse and may be triggered, please think twice before listening to our show. There are over 700,000 sexual offenders in the United States alone. With all the social media these days, how can we protect ourselves and our children from these despicable predators? Welcome to the Voice of the Victim podcast, where we share stories of people who experienced horrible things and try to imagine what they went through, as well as look for opportunities that could have made a difference and encourage people to help others that are being abused. We talk a lot about power and balance and how it can affect a relationship. It's when two people are associated with each other, but one of them has a lot more control and power over the dynamic than the other person. This can be a celebrity and a fan, a law enforcement officer and a citizen, an adult and a child, or even a teacher and a student. The story we're going to discuss today shows us how dangerous the power imbalance between teacher and student can be if the teacher has bad intentions. Welcome to the Voice of the Victim podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Rosie. And uh, today we are talking about a newer case that actually just, it hasn't even had its sentencing hearing yet, but we wanted to talk about it because it's a topic that's very near and dear to our hearts. Wouldn't you say, Rosie? Definitely. Um, before we get started, uh, you want to thank our patrons? Yes. Thank you to our newest patrons, Sam, Lucy, and Hannah. We are awesome. Or we are awesome. We are so psyched that you're a patron. You guys are awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I enjoyed getting to know each of you a little bit and hearing why you appreciate our show. Um, thank you guys for sharing that with us. We really do love getting to know our listeners and learning about your backgrounds and who you are. So, yeah, keep that up. And I'm waiting to hear back from others. So if you have recently joined our Patreon, be sure to check your messages if you want a shout out on our show. But should we jump into the case? Definitely. Brittany Zamora was a 27-year-old married school teacher. Her husband's name was Daniel Zamora. And everything seemed to be going well for them at the start of 2018. Yeah, they'd just gotten married in 2015, so only three years in a marriage when the story we're about to dive into happened. They're pretty much still in their honeymoon phase, Um, but they'd actually been dating since she was 16, so I guess they'd been together for 11 years at this point, so pretty established relationship. In 2016, she received a K-8 through certification from Arizona Department of Education, she taught sixth grade at the Las Bryce Las Brisas. <laughs> Brisas Academy Elementary School in Goodyear, Arizona. Zamora was really well liked and respected by students and parents, and on her Instagram she even said she had been named Teacher of the Year. Wow. Yeah, and her Instagram public description was proud wifey, dog mama times two. So they had two pups, and on the outside, she was really seemed to be enjoying her marriage. So that's what we kind of know about Brittany. Hmm. 
The age of the students Zamora taught was around 11 to 12. One of the 12-year-old boys in her class had apparently been acting odd around his parents. They were starting to worry about him, and he started becoming very private and closing himself in his room. It's, far, it's hard to find exact details about what they noticed because the family's identity is still being protected right now. I don't know if it'll ever come out, but something about his behavior got the parents worrying. Right. They started becoming concerned about what he was doing on his phone and looked for ways that they could monitor what he was doing without violating his privacy too much. Yeah, so they found an app called Sentry, which you can install on someone's phone and it will notify you only when certain words or phrases are used that would be inappropriate. So you're not always spying on everything your kid is doing, but if they are doing something that would be inappropriate for their age, you can be notified. Can we pause and give these parents a clap? Because that's awesome that they did that. Like they took the initiative. They noticed something was up, and they didn't just, you know, like, oh, it's just a preteen. Yeah. They did something about it, which is awesome. And they tried to not violate the kid's privacy. If I was a parent, I would have been like, give me your phone. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of how this app is designed. It's only to, it only goes off if certain words are triggered, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean... They set a good example. Unfortunately, some of the stuff we'll talk about later in the case, other people didn't quite take the initiative the way the parents did. Right. So, you want to continue? Yes. This this boy's parents installed the Sentry app on his phone, and it didn't take long until the mom got a notification on her phone of some sexually explicit text that her then 13-year-old son was receiving. And the most shocking part was who they were from. And you can probably already guess this by the title of the episode, but the texts were from his teacher, 27-year-old Brittany Zamora. After finding out about this, the parents talked to their son, and he admitted to having an inappropriate relationship with his teacher. Now, we use the term relationship here, and you know some of our listeners might be upset with that phrasing, but... We know it's not a balanced or consensual relationship like the word is usually used. I mean, he was between 12 and 13 years old during the abuse, and she was his teacher. So there's an extreme power imbalance here. Yikes. After this, they confronted Zamora, letting her know that they had found out what she was doing with their son. And this led to her calling the parents to try to sort things out. Oh my gosh, can you imagine being the teacher? She must have been just flipping out. No, and she was born, she's like four months older than me, so we're basically the same age. I can't even imagine being in her position. And first of all, having a relationship with a 13-year-old and then, then having to face the consequences, which we'll talk more about later. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into more detail about exactly what she had done later, but first we're going to play some audio from the phone call where Zamora was speaking to the boy's father. So, Rosie, you ready to hear this? Yes. You're a child molester. Do you understand me? Um, No. why do you say that? Oh, gee, I'm a lot smarter than you. Can we meet, you know, to talk about this? (laughs) Something we can settle, you know, outside? Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, that's what we can do so I can give you a chance to do it to some other kid. Yeah, that's exact. Yeah. That's exactly what we're going to do. That's exactly, no. And make sure you tell your husband what's going on. He's right here. Can he talk to you? Oh yeah, put your husband on the phone. She's done so much and she made a huge mistake. The biggest mistake of anybody could ever make in a whole He's entire He's defending world. her? She, think about, I mean, God, God preaches forgiveness, man. Your wife decided to be a monster and prey on a child. She scarred my son mentally. For, do you understand what a 13-year-old boy did? Have sex with a teacher? Do you get that at all? What type of perverted person are you? I want to know right now. Do me a favor. Do not call this number back again. The next time you'll hear from me will be in court. So that's the first call. An elephant in the room. <laughs> the dad's voice was altered. So I was to protect ask, his identity. I was like, this man sounds... He wasn't a giant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I but, can't believe that the husband was defending her. I know. and Maybe, you, Well, she probably like had an explanation, too, you know? Well, I mean, how do you explain that? Well, she was, maybe she was like, these kids are they're trying to get me in trouble, It's it, but just play along. I don't but know. But he acknowledged that she made a mistake, so it's kind of, <sighs> I don't know. But, I mean, you can just hear the devastation and frustration in the father's voice and how nonchalant Brittany is. Like... <laughs> She is acting like she just made a little oopsie, and to her it was no big deal. And like you said, the husband's reaction, he's actually begging her the parents to just let it go. Oh. So it's you would not expect that from a marriage mate that was cheated on with a 13-year-old. That's why 13 I think she probably twisted some things. Well, yeah, and I'll talk about it later, but... I, just from observing her in a couple of videos I found, I think she's a really manipulative person. Yeah. But I'll talk about that more later. Well, yeah, I think you're right, because she, of what she did. She acts very sweet and innocent, and um, she probably I think she has malicious intent. Best teacher award. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was according to her Instagram page, so I don't know if that's verified or not. I can't believe they've got audio on that. That's so intriguing to me. I know. They, they, I think the parents set up recording before Man, that's so smart. they confronted her. That is so smart. I know. Everybody needs to take notes from these parents. Yeah. They're solid. And there's another parent we'll be covering in the future that had a similar um, plan ahead of time before confronting his child's abuser. But we'll talk about that in the future. Okay. So, after this call, what happened? After this call, the parents went to police, and the investigators had the father make another call to Zamora to get her to talk while they listened and recorded. So, we'll play another tiny snippet from that, where she kind of tries to explain and defend herself. I just don't know why this, why you did this. Honestly, like, I've... I just got really close after I think everything went down, and we were like, oh, like, how could that happen? So it's a pretty short clip, but... Oh, it's super short. I want to hear more. She's basically, you know, it's the classic excuse, you know, it it just happened. Like, yeah, sexual impulses are super powerful, and they can make you really irrational, but this is a child we're talking about. They just got too close? Like, what? Yeah. Huh. That's... Her reasoning, you know? Wow. During when, these... Oh, when, go ahead. Sorry, it's it's just obvious as we go throughout this case that her actions were very intentional. Really? 
During these calls, Zamora apologized and she told them that she would resign, begging them not to go to the police. When they asked why the sex assaults took place, she replied, I ask myself the same question. Wow. Yeah. Great reply. It just really seems like she didn't want to take any real responsibility, like we see so often Mm -hmm. with child abusers. She pleaded with the parents and said, I don't want to say stuff and have me recorded right now and bring this to court and have me go to jail for the rest of my life. It's all about her, you know? There's nothing like, I'm so sorry I hurt your son. There's no apologies and no responsibility taken, just pleas for her own sake. So she didn't apologize. You're right. She didn't say anything like that. Yeah. You can see her motives super clear. And then combined with the manipulation I'm going to talk about later, it's sickening. But for let's talk about um, how she took advantage of him. Yeah. So there's this app called Classcraft where teachers can keep in contact with their students online It's like a virtual classroom that you have when you're homeschooled, except you can use it with your local teachers. Did you ever have one of those virtual classrooms? I I guess I did. Yeah, I did, but it sucked. It was like a super glitchy um, whiteboard. Yeah. And they would talk, and it would be like 10 seconds before you saw the line they just made. (laughs) Yeah, so yours had that virtual Mm -hmm. whiteboard, too. And people, there was a chat for students, and kids would like talk back and forth, and I'd be like, what? What is this? Yes, that was how it was for us. And sometimes the teacher would allow students to edit the whiteboard. Yeah. And then everyone would start drawing on it at the same time, Uh and it would just be chaos. Right. Anyway. I do know exactly what that is. Just trying to lighten the mood in the middle of this terrible story. (laughs) Well, apparently Zamora wasn't in the class for some reason. And in the Classcraft app, she asked her students to message her because she was, quote, bored at home. So... I don't know if she was sick this day, that she wasn't in class for that day, Um, but apparently the kids were in class and she was at home. This is when the boys started messaging her. So she used this software that the school was paying for and providing, specifically designed for educators to help their students. And she took advantage of this ability, this power, to have a personal connection to her students. And I mean, you can see the abuse of power here. Hmm. They made their connection on Classcraft first, which is really hard for me to say, Classcraft. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't really roll off the tongue. Then they were able to exchange phone numbers so they could text each other more privately. And I'm kind of surprised that Classcraft doesn't have any, like, um, I don't know, like if you put a phone number on there it doesn't ding yeah a system yeah um, you know what i mean well that's what i was wondering too I, like i wonder if the classcraft private messaging is accessible by the principal of the school to monitor what's going on there yeah you know if it's not it should be mm-hmm. but once zamora started messaging the boy he said that she started flirting with him and things got really intense he said he didn't really know how it happened But she started sending him texts like, OMG, I love you, and OMG, LOL, you're so cute, baby. I wish you could have stayed after with me. (sighs) And he replied, me too. I wish I could hang out with you whenever we wanted. So, okay. 
We're going to talk about a public the public reaction to this later and people saying, well, you know, he wanted it. But to a 12 to 13-year-old boy just starting to discover his sexual desires, this is such a sick, twisted mind game for him. It's so wrong and so damaging to have a sexual relationship with a teacher, especially one that's 15 years older. But, okay, she's a pretty woman, and he's just blooming. He doesn't know any better, so of course he reciprocated. And, okay, Rosie, you know, I wanted to cover this case because there's so many parallels between this and your personal story. How does it make you feel when you see her bombarding this boy with these messages, knowing how helpless he really is? It makes me really upset. These messages that she's sending to him, to an adult, we think you should say, don't do that. That's wrong. But to a 13, 12-year-old boy, he's going to eat up that attention. It's new and exciting. And he probably had a crush on his teacher. She's super pretty. Yeah. It makes me so upset that people would think, well, it, it's okay because the 12-year-old wanted it. Because it's not. Yeah. There's rules and laws and order because kids, they can't just start yeah, emotionally. Any 12-year-old boy would want it. That's mm-hmm. the problem. They're not emotionally mature enough. Their brains physically haven't matured enough yeah. to make those decisions yet. <sighs> yeah. It really makes me think about why children aren't legally able to consent. They have no life experience. They're too young for a relationship to actually go anywhere. And they just don't know any better. And yet they have these strong sexual urges that are completely new to them. And they don't know what to do with it. It's a complete power imbalance. Because she knew that if she sent him texts like this, she'd have 100% success. Like you were saying. Mm -hmm. Taking advantage of his naivety and natural feelings. A hundred percent, a hundred percent chance of success is not consent. Right. And a little metaphor I just came up with is we teach our children not to take candy, ice cream, kittens from strangers Uh for a reason. Kids are shown something they like and they take it without thought. That is a good point. We teach our kids to stay away from predators on playgrounds. We should start teaching our kids to stay away from predators in classrooms, really. Yeah. This is why we teach our kids things like this, because they don't know any better. Uh-huh. So. And that's something that'll also come into play later that I'll, I'll call back to this when we get there. Okay. But. Well, talking to the victim, they learned that the physical relationship started one time when she was hugging him goodbye. While they were hugging, she started to kiss him, and he kissed her back. And why were they hugging in the first place? <laughs> Police discovered that between February 16th and March 8th, 2018, Zamora had had sex with this 13-year-old boy three times, and she performed oral sex on him. This happened in her classroom and in her car. When it happened in the classroom, they actually had another male student guard the classroom door, so he was another victim of hers. This happened twice, and on the second time, the other boy told investigators that they were just going at it, not saying anything, and he was so uncomfortable, he just left the room. What the heck? That's so bad. I mean, even he knew it wasn't right, and you know he never wanted to be dragged into this in the first place. Mm -hmm. Poor kid. 
And like he didn't tell anybody because he didn't want to do wrong by his buddy. I totally get. Well, yeah, you know, it's you such an yourself, uncomfortable position for if him. If you put yourself in the twelve to thirteen year old age group again, imagine you're. You know, it's just. Yeah, it's complete uncharted waters. He has mm-hmm. no idea where it'll lead if mm-hmm. he does speak up. Right. And Zamora even made inappropriate remarks to this other kid who was guarding the door. She asked him if he was circumcised or not, and he didn't even know what that meant. So she looked it up on her phone and showed him. Yeah, so she was grooming the second kid as well, making him watch her have sex with the first victim and asking him about his private parts. It really seems like she was trying to set things up for the future with this kid, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And Rosie, didn't you hear that she would turn on a movie for the class to watch and then sit in the back of the classroom next to the boy and they'd fondle each other? Yes, I read that in the article that I showed you. Yeah. The two times that it happened in her car, she actually had driven to his house in the middle of the night and waited outside his house for him to get in the car. The victim told police that once he was in her car, she got on top of him. Wow, that sounds somewhat familiar. Of what my abuser wanted. <laughs> I was too scared. She also sent him photos of herself in lingerie and then even naked pictures and Snapchats of herself. Then she asked him to send nude photos back to her. So she's not only committing statutory rape against this child, but also producing child porn. She was arrested in March of 2018 after the parents made their own investigation. She was charged with felony sexual conduct with a minor and molesting a child. But this actually wasn't a huge shock to everyone. There were three female students who had noticed issues between Zamora and the boy. They had written a letter to the principal on February 7th. Now this February 7th was nine days before the first sexual encounter actually happened. Remember it was February 16th Mm -hmm. was the first time. That they actually had sex. So if the principal would have acted on these letters, this trauma may have been able to be completely avoided for this boy. Hmm. The principal's name was Tim Dickey. All three girls that wrote to him talked about noticing elements of favoritism toward the boy who had become her victim. They wrote that in instances where other kids would get detention, he was let off the hook. They even straight up said that she was dating this boy. Principal Dickey claimed that he had only spoken to one of the students. He admitted that it was a mistake not to act on the information. Uh, yeah, you think? This all could have been avoided if he would have taken this stuff seriously. And like you said earlier, the parents took the initiative, but this guy almost seemed to do nothing. You know, teachers have access to our children. They need to be under scrutiny. They need to be investigated if someone notices something off about their student-teacher relationships. And they need to be paid better. Just <laughs> yeah, that in there. that's a whole nother <laughs> issue. Know. The interim superintendent for the school, Richard Rundhaug, claimed that the school did a two-day investigation and interviewed both Zamora and the alleged victim after these students came forward. He said, We determined that there were some elements of favoritism, and we gave the teacher some very specific direction on not allowing that favoritism to continue. And then we monitored to make sure those directions were followed. So if they were monitoring her, how the heck did she molest and rape this kid in her classroom? I really don't buy that they were monitoring her. 
The victim's parents actually filed court papers in August 2018, saying that the school could have put a stop to the abuse before it got to the point it did. This led to them filing a $2.5 million lawsuit against the school for not properly investigating and reporting the relationship, which I totally understand. Yeah, I get their frustration. I, I don't know if that'll actually happen because in reality, that's just taking money from your local taxpayers, but we'll see. Um, I can see why they're frustrated, and it doesn't seem like the school ever even notified them when they interviewed their son about the relationship. I mean, parents should be notified if their son is being questioned, don't you think? Mm. <laughs> yes, I do. So, Rosie, um, let's share some samples of the exchange texts so the listeners can get an idea of the sick, twisted manipulation she was using. So these are texts between their phones. Okay. She said, W-I-D. Which means, what you doing? I would, I think. It, it does. Okay. <laughs> he replied, thinking about your sexy self. She responded, aw, baby, with a love heart eyes emoji. I wish you were with me. The boy replied, I want you, baby. When can we F again? Zamora replied, I want you too, baby, so bad. God, this is so Whenever corny. we can, you know I'm down. <laughs> she added, like you for real get sex or like you for real get sexier to me every day lol he replied i want to f you so bad baby those times weren't enough she responded me neither baby i want you every day with no time limit in another exchange zamora said i wish you could have stayed after with me then the boy replied me too i wish i could just hang out with you whenever we wanted these are so, first of all, corny, but just so disgusting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this reminds me of when I found out that um, my sister was cheating on her husband when I found oh, really? their text. Yeah, it was real gross. Thankfully, the boy, who there was a big age gap, but he wasn't illegal, so. Right. Yeah, but anyway. That's disgusting. These are rough. But now I want to talk about the public perception of the text exchange. Like I kind of mentioned earlier, but how people reacted to seeing some of these texts. So there was a Twitter post um, with another snippet we're going to share of the conversation between Zamora and her victim. And some of the comments I saw in there were it just shows how misunderstood this issue is and why we want to talk about it. So, Rosie, will you read that exchange? Sure. It sounds a lot like the one we just read, but it is a little different. Yeah, this is the one that was posted on Twitter, so that's why I want to share it. The victim said, I want to F so bad, baby. Those times weren't enough for me. Samora, I know, baby. I want you every day with no time limit. If I could quit my job and F you all day, I would. Victim, I need more blank from you. Samora, I'll give you whatever you want, baby. Yeah, sorry, I had to put the blank there because it's redacted from the release transcript, but it looked like it could be hugs, maybe? I don't know. Or Fs or something. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was redacted, so I couldn't tell. But anyway, someone on Twitter, just some random person, an adult, who 
in their by their description looked like they were married and an adult. So they commented, "It appears the victim isn't so victimy." Oh my gosh. <laughs> Basically oh, saying so that he wanted it, so uh-huh. he's not a victim. Totally. How do you feel about that, Rosie? Um, I laugh, though I have a couple of choice select swear words in my head. Choice select. <laughs> um, that makes me, like, super upset. Obviously, this person isn't putting themselves in the victim's shoes. The age, the mental capacity, the feelings of what it would be like to have an attention of the attention of an older prettier you know what i mean like, yeah when you've never experienced it before um in other words this person's obviously super ignorant this person hasn't learned much about statutory rape the meaning and the psychology behind it mm-hmm. i mean come on if you are 12 and 13 and someone says you're really pretty or you're really cute you're going to eat that up. Who wouldn't? Yeah. The, yeah, there was another comment actually asking, would you say the same if it was a 13-year-old girl and a 27-year-old man? Exactly. You know? I don't know about you guys, but when you put it that way, it sounds a lot creepier. But there's really no difference. Either way, it's super despicable. And it's so sad that some people don't understand statutory rape, like you are saying. Especially when adults don't understand it. This is the same thought process that would allow a predator to justify having a relationship with a minor. You know, because they quote unquote wanted it. And I'm not saying the person that made this comment would ever do that. But it's this thought process right here that leads to molesters and child abusers justifying their own actions. So people need to try to understand that a 13-year-old can't consent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's just so obvious. I mean, we get emails all the time saying that they are also, you know, 13 when they were preyed upon by older yeah. man or female. Or younger. Yeah, or mm-hmm. younger. And they say, like, I'm so glad you shared your story, Rosie, because that's how I, f- you know, that's happened yeah. to me. We shouldn't I mean, be ashamed of it. Yeah. People who've had this happen, we shouldn't be ashamed of it and feel like we can't talk about it because it's not real rape. We have our our issues because of it, and it's okay. That's so important to say. And, I mean, it's so great to have this support system around people that have started listening to our show and appreciate what we do, to get to know all these people and hear their sides and their mm-hmm. own stories. It's the people like that person who said that the victim doesn't sound very victim-y, who should have the shame. Yeah. I mean, how ignorant can you get? (laughs) Okay. So she um, was arrested, Mm -hmm. and she appeared in court. Yes. You want to talk about that? Brittany appeared in court charged with eight counts of sexual conduct with a minor, two counts of child molestation, and one count of transmitting obscene material. The text messages were presented to the court during her first appearance. So we're going to play a snippet of this later, but just to let you know now, Zamora actually asked the judge to go easy on her bail, basically, so she could be reunited with her husband. It's like, the guy you cheated on with a little kid is... It's just so weird that he's so supportive of her and that she 
just expects that out of him, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's so weird, but thankfully the judge didn't buy into this attempt of manipulation, but we'll talk about that more later. Yes, he set her bail at $250,000, and she was booked into the Maricopa County Sheriff's Jail in Phoenix. Does that sound familiar? It sure does. Yeah, that's where Avelino Tamala from the Crystal Reyes story worked, which is episode 56. So we, if you are new to our show, we definitely recommend you go listen to that. But back to this story. This is something I noticed from watching footage of Brittany Zamora. She's very well aware of the fact that she's a pretty young woman, and she uses that to manipulate people. At least that's my perception. I watched the police body cam footage of her being arrested, and she was trying so hard to be sweet to them and make them like her, and it really seemed to be working. They were very respectful of her, very careful not to make her uncomfortable when cuffing her and putting her in the back of the patrol car. It was so different from other arrest footage that I've seen. And she tried to use the same manipulation on this judge. And it's exactly what she used against her victim. It's to get what she wants out of other people. And it's exactly what she used to get what she wanted out of this 13-year-old child. So remember how the principal had received those letters from suspicious students? Well, we want to go back to that and tell you how he reacted. Instead of calling the boy's parents, or calling the police, or doing any type of real investigation, the principal instead delivered a lecture to the students about the dangers of spreading rumors. Wow. So, an article I read on azcentral.com about this gave a more appropriate idea for a lecture, and it's something you actually alluded to earlier, Mm -hmm. which I said I would call back to. The lecture should have been, the dangers of having a sexual predator in an elementary school rather than, you know, protecting her, whatever. It's so sad that the bigger issues get swept under the rug and they focus on protecting someone's reputation instead of holding them accountable for how they treat their students. Yeah, they didn't want to get their school's reputation dirty, I'm sure. That's a good point. On June 10th, 2019, Brittany Zamora pled guilty to the charges against her, avoiding a trial. And her sentencing is set for July 12th, 2019. Yeah, so that's still coming. That's the day before the True Crime Podcast Festival, Mm -hmm. um, which we should talk more about at the end of the show. But um, we'll be sure to update you guys on that in the announcement section of whatever case we cover after her sentencing. So... That pretty much wraps up the story, but I just want to share some of the audio from her arrest video and initial court appearance audio so you can hear what I mean by trying to manipulate the authorities, and then you can get a sense of how she was able to manipulate these children so easily. Yes, I love hearing audio. (laughs) So first, um, these bleed into each other, they just flow into each other, but first it's snippets of her arrest, and then it turns into... Um, from her initial hearing the day of the arrest. So I'll play that now. This officer has a body cam on him as well, so um, just to make you feel more comfortable. Right now I'm going to turn your wrist in here, okay? We just want to make sure they don't hit you. Okay. All right, what I'm going to do is a blade technique. I'm just going to go below the breast, okay? And then uh, you're wearing a dress. Other than that, you don't have anything stuffed in your bra? No. Okay. And then is this uh, just an outer 
Yeah, okay. you can take it off. No, you can keep it on. I'm just making sure I'm not missing anything. I will help you. I know it's a big step. <laughs> I'm only five foot. I know. I, I feel it. And then I know you're short. You're just like me. So that thing's going to be right in your face. Um, what happens with my car? Uh, we're going to tow your car. Okay. Hi. Hi. Your name and your date of birth, please? Brittany Zamora, 1591. So is there anything you'd like me to know about releasing you or a bond? I'm not sure if I understand. I'm sorry. That's okay. So the court just asked for the state's opinion as to releasing you, and he requested a very high bond to keep you in custody. Okay. Um, I don't want you to comment on the charges without your attorney here. Okay. So is there anything you just want the court to know about whether or not I should release you or impose a bond at this time? And if you have nothing to say, that's okay as well. I would love to go home to be released. It would be amazing. You know, I don't know if there's like... That would be amazing. Just stay at my house or I'd love to go home to my husband. Anything else? The court is going to impose a bond at this time. The court is imposing a secured appearance bond in the amount of $250,000. <laughs> if you post that, you'll be on pretrial supervision with electronic monitoring. Ms. Zamora, do you have any questions about any of that? Uh, what happens next? You will step over here. You're going to get a copy of all the stuff we just discussed, and then you will be held until you go to court or until that bond gets posted. And you said the first court date was March 29th? It will be on your paperwork. It's March 29th and April 2nd. So maybe I'm just reading way between the lines, but to me it seems like she's really manipulative, trying she's to be like, sweet and cute. You can take it off if you need to. I know. Right. She had this, you know, clear um, sheer shawl thingy that uh -huh. she was wearing over a tank top, and... She was like, yeah, you can take it off if you want. Who says that to a police officer when they're arresting? Oh, I see the sheer thing you're talking about now. Yeah, it's what she was wearing when she was arrested. So if you want to see that, just look up the YouTube video of her arrest. But anyway, she was trying to be so charming to the the arresting officers. And it was working, you know? In their defense, in the video, they do say that they don't know any details about her case. Like, they were just commissioned to arrest her, so they didn't know why they were arresting her. Oh, okay. Well, that might be a slight reason. I mean, yeah. they, maybe they thought it was just a... Yeah, but the point is that she was trying to charm them, you Oh, know? for sure. You can totally tell. But the judge, who did know the details, wasn't falling for this crap. <laughs> and I love how she was... The judge spoke so friendly but mm -hmm. she was kind of like screw you two hundred fifty thousand dollar bond <laughs> <laughs> and after that britney's demeanor was just so defeated like you could just see her completely change when she heard she was in jail <laughs> until her trial and the bond was two hundred fifty thousand dollars which a teacher is not going to be able to pay which is unfortunate because teachers are amazing Said not this her. one not this one um yeah but yes teachers i'm not we're not maligning teachers at all no teachers I'm not. You are. are so <laughs> important and they are underpaid but this to be honest yeah. i felt i felt a little snarky when the judge said two hundred fifty thousand dollars like <laughs> i know when she's like i just want to go home to my husband hopefully she's got a baby voice i know that's i really feel like it's an act do you well, yeah. I mean, to be 
to have such evil Ugh. like scheming about these little kids and then act like you're super sweet and innocent. I'm feeling so heated about this situation. <laughs> and it's probably because of my similar situation. Yeah. It just makes me real mad. Real mad, Ryan. And you know she's not going to get that much time. No, she probably won't. I mean, well, maybe because it's super public. Your got, what, like three months? Not Yeah, but that was such a not public. True. This is so That's true. Right this now. is a very famous case. It just feels like statutory rape gets very, you know. Slap on the wrist. Yeah, like they don't take it as seriously. Which, Slap on the wrist and a name on the register. Yeah, and you can't compare it, you know. Well, statutory rape and violent rape just can't be compared. They're no. two completely different things, and no one should ever try to, um, what's the word? Compare? <laughs> well, that's not what I'm, what I'm trying to think of, but that works. Okay. Anyway, so let's take this case, wrap it in a ball, and throw it out the window. I'm really until... intrigued to see what happens with it, though. I know. Um, yeah, we will keep you guys updated. That's for sure. But now to get into a happier mood, uh, let's do the review portion of the show. Okay. Can I read this week? Because you read it the last couple of weeks, I think. Yes, you may. All right. So this one comes in from Diddy Nitty on Apple Podcasts from the United States. Uh, it's entitled So Thoughtful. Aww. It says... <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> My first episode I listened to was My Brother the Monster, and I enjoyed the delivery and the chemistry between you two. I thought you guys were married even before I heard the revealing detail in the next episode I listened to. Thank you for creating the podcast, and thank you for being sensitive and thoughtful in your delivery. Aww. That's so sweet. That is sweet, because I was not crazy. I was worried that that episode wasn't going to sound good. So... I'm glad that people liked it. Why were you worried? Because we're bad at reading? <laughs> I don't know. It was just so different. I was really excited at first. Well, yeah, it, was, it like, was. We confident. were trying a new thing for sure, reading someone else's words mm -hmm. the whole time. But, you know, it was a very important story and people appreciated it. So thank you for the people that did give us feedback on that. Um, I'm sure the listener that submitted it will really appreciate that. Um, I just, I love that her first episode was a listener story. You know, it's really nice to see our listener stories getting out there and impacting other people who wouldn't hear these stories otherwise. So thank you all so much for being part of our show and interacting with it to make it better than we could ever do on our own. Yeah, we love it. Like it really brings the show to life and adds in that community factor to it. Mm -hmm. So... Keep sending in your stories. Keep sending in your suggestions for cases because that's pretty much all we're doing now. Yep, except Unless, for this. Yeah, this. pretty much listener suggestions, listener stories, and then new cases that pop up like this. Yeah. And if you are not a patron of ours, please consider it because we just published a new Patreon episode. I'm very proud to present that we recorded with one of our patrons, also a blogger gives you a little optimistic spice in your life yeah positively that redheaded girl which we tagged in our instagram mm -hmm. what the day we recorded 
I also want to apologize to all our patrons that the audio was so terrible for the, that episode because we use a condenser mic for you and Ashley. Oh but, no! But like it's so it's got so much higher output than the dynamic mic I was using. Oh no! And we use a splitter mm-hmm. to record. We usually both use a dynamic di- our own dynamic mics, which run into a splitter into one channel. But when you combine a condenser with a dynamic, the condenser way overpowers the dynamic. And so basically, I sound like I'm on the other side of a cathedral, like just shouting across the room in that episode. But you and Ashley sounded good. So good. So you guys did most of the story. I just threw in some random comments. and Yeah, it was fun. We talked about um, Law & Order SVU. And different episodes that were based on real life. And we just, like, we played around. We talked, mm-hmm. we laughed, we didn't cry. Yeah, it was nice. It was a fun, it's a fun episode, like most of our Patreon episodes. we It's our, kind of our time to sit back, relax, and talk about something a little more lighthearted than what we talk about on the main feed. So if you want to hear us, you know, be more relax than ourselves and a little sillier definitely go check out our patreon and we also still will keep covering more serious topics in the future but lately they've been lighthearted. but there are a couple serious episodes the jared fogel subway guy one and the henry lee lucas one so mm-hmm. so yeah i think that's about it do we have any cat news? <laughs> um, oh. We got them a new cat tower. Hello. And yeah, the, there's a bowl on top. The kitty castle. Yeah. Um, yeah, I bought something on Amazon for my cats because I'm like that. And uh, put the whole thing together except for like two pieces. Realized I put it co- together completely wrong. <laughs> Ryan had to help me. It's very distraught. You know what? I would have put it together <laughs> wrong the first time, too. Because you put it together wrong, I was able to learn from your mistake and then put it together right. So Once it was finally Teamwork. put together, Burrito was just so psyched. He was so excited. He just like yeah. jumped into the little bowl thing. We'll have top. to post a picture of him in his bowl. Now we just call him Little Kitty in a Bowl. <laughs> um, so that's been super exciting. Yeah. That's all it. Is, he looks like just a bowl of kitty. A bowl kitty. of kitty. Because he's, he's too big for the bowl, so he just like overflows out the out the sides, but it's so cute. Um. Anyway, that's it for cat news. Um. If you enjoy our show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. We appreciate our supporters so much. Um, also, you can follow us on Instagram at VOV Podcast, where we post cat pictures. Or email us at VOVpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and if you're one of those people that uses Twitter, we're also over there at VOV Pod. So, I think that's about it. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. record some ASMR first. And then... You know, it's so inconsiderate. It's my whiskers on the pop filter. Alright. Well, you ready? Mm Mm-hmm.
<laughs> I was recording that. Whoops.